you have your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Just before we pray, keep being in prayer for Jerry Kinnell. He's our missionary to um, Brazil. He's been having some pretty serious uh, physical conditions, and he's, they live in Aurora, but uh, just keep praying for him. Just got an email from Gloria yesterday that uh, they, he's coming through, but he's still got a, lot, a long way to go with things. And also, being prayed for Domingo Rodriguez and his family. Um, he called me Friday night. He lost his brother-in-law and his brother um, this week. So just keep praying for, for them as they went down to see them and be with them this week. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for the privilege it is to worship you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to worship you more, to lift you up, to glorify your name, to make much of Jesus Christ, and live for your glory. Lord, I want to lift up Jerry to you right now, just strengthen him. I want to lift up Joel and Delilah as they're finishing up school and trying to find your will, where you have them to go. I pray that you would just give them wisdom and direction and provide for them. I want to lift up Domingo and his family. I pray that you would just encourage him Strengthen them, comfort them. God, I pray you protect them as they travel. Just give them grace as they go through this week. Lord, we all come together today with needs and concerns. But Lord, help us right now, Holy Spirit, just to be able to put those and lay them at your feet. Help us to come to the cross. See the gospel as our ultimate need that will meet every one of those needs. And help us to be encouraged and leave hopeful in you. Help us to believe and trust in your future grace. God, I pray you to open your word to us that we would hear it, believe it, and respond to it by faith. And thank you in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Galatians chapter 5, we are almost done. We'll be in Galatians for three more weeks. Um, so we are almost through the book of Galatians, but the picture of the gospel in Galatians is the picture of a gospel gripped life by Paul, who's trying to convey that to a people who were and had been gripped by the gospel, but started to fade. And the Christian life is about moving in a direction. You're going someplace in the Christian life. It is not being stagnant. If you're stagnant in your Christian life, you're walking and moving backwards. We'd say that's, I believe that there is called being backslidden. I believe that's a real term where you are no longer moving forward in the gospel, you started to slide and fall backward. That is exactly what happened to this church in Galatia. They were falling back. They weren't moving forward. They weren't running the race well. And Paul said to them in Galatians 5, 7, you were running well, you were moving forward well, but something happened and something tripped you up and now you're starting to fade away from the gospel. Don't do that. Don't move away from the gospel. And Paul constantly likes to talk about the gospel and the Christian life as a race and running, which is right up my alley, except for this year, because I've, I've run two miles uh, this year. It's not good. Next year, we're going to uh, get back into running, but Paul t- constantly talks about this long race of running, and that's what he even said, you're running well. And then he went into a bunch of uh, just staccato arguments with him, but then he gets to verse 13, and it says this, and we're going to read Galatians 5, 13. Through 24. For you were called to freedom, brothers. 
Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you, debite, if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. A number of years ago, a world-class female runner was invited to a race in Connecticut. And so she left her home in New York. She had the directions. She started driving down to the race in Connecticut. And as, as she got down there, she got lost. And she had to, couldn't find the race. And so she stopped at a gas station. She knew it was going to meet at a mall um, parking lot, and that's where they were going to start. So she stopped. She went into this gas station and asked if the lady knew about this race and where it was going to start. Well, the lady at the attendant knew of a race, and so she told her where to go. So the, the world-class runner got to the race, and she got to the parking lot mall, and she saw some runners around. And it wasn't as many as she thought there would be, but so she went to the table to register, and they were thrilled to see her. But she, they, didn't, they did not get her name down, so they thought there was a mistake, and so they gave her her bib to run. They said, just put this on, and you can go. And she took off running, and she won the race by four minutes in front of the fastest male runner. But it wasn't until the end, when she was given this envelope with not a lot of money in it and nothing that she thought, that she realized she had run the wrong race. There were two races going on, and she went and ran the wrong race. And Paul says to the church of Galatia, don't do that. And he says the same thing to us. We need to stay on the right course. We need to make sure we're running the right race. Because if we aren't running the right race, it will end in destruction for us. So how do you stay on the right course with the gospel? How do you know you're on the right racetrack that you're supposed to be Running. How do you live the Christian life to the finish? So if you don't persevere to the end, you are not running the Christian life. How do you finish the Christian life? How do you live in freedom in the midst of the fight? Because the Bible says life is hard. The Christian life is very difficult. And if we take that and assume that, well, it's just too hard, and we quit, the Bible says that will end in our Destruction, And this is what the question these people had. They wanted to know how to run the race well. And Paul gave them the gospel. He told them about Jesus Christ. And that was your only hope. And they started then to fade away because they started to believe something that wasn't true. They were told, you need to take Jesus. You need to add something to Jesus. 
You need to follow the law. You need to be circumcised. And Paul said, you were running well, but somebody cut in on you, and now you're on this wrong course. You need to get back on the right course. Because if you're not on the right course with the gospel, it will end in destruction. So how do we live on that right course? How do we live in freedom the way we're supposed to? Paul gives us, I think, three things. He says we need to know the course. We need to know the source of our power as we run the race. And we need to know where the finish is. Those are all three, three things. If you're going to be in a race, you need to know. That's, I think, what Paul describes to them. Look at verses 3 through 15. He says this, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. The first thing we need to know about the gospel when it comes to running the race and being able to finish well is this is an invitation-only race. It's an invitation-only race. Paul says to them, you were called. In, Philippians, in Galatians chapter 1, he said to them in verse 6, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in his grace. And then verse 14, Paul said of himself, and I was advancing in Judaism before many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my father. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace. The gospel is an invitation-only thing. There is nothing that you can do to earn it, to, to make yourself worthy of it. You are invited into the gospel. It's an invitation. Paul says, for freedom you were called. And God says the invitation is out there. Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. It's an invitation to this race called the Christian life. You have to be invited in, and the Bible says we are redeemed by Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. That is the invitation for us. But it is an invitation. But then he says, you were called to freedom, brothers. So he's talking to Christians here. You were called to freedom, brothers. But don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. The whole argument that he's been arguing for the first half of Galatians is you can't get to God by the law. You can't make yourself right with God by doing things. You can't follow the Ten Commandments. You can't do things to get right with God. And now he says you're called to freedom, but don't use your freedom for the flesh. The gospel is not about legalism, and it's not about license. And if you get on the course of legalism, it will end in your destruction. And if you live your life, running the Christian life on the, the course of license, thinking you can just do whatever you want, live however you want, it doesn't matter, it will end in destruction for you. There are two false courses, legalism and license. And Paul says that's not the race course of Christianity you have to be on. You have to be on the one called love. Paul says this, for the whole law, but, but through love serve one another. That's the Christian life. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as you yourself. Look out for imitation courses. The course of the gospel is love. The Christian life is simply the unfolding of agape, which is the Greek word for unconditional love. It's just your life being lived completely unfolding in love. That's the direction that you're going. If you're not on that 
course of the gospel. If you think the gospel is Jesus and all these things that you have to do to earn yourself right with God by going to church, by praying, by not doing certain things, that's not the gospel. But if you think that you prayed some prayer to Jesus and you like Jesus, you're a fan of Jesus, but because you prayed some prayer 20 years ago, then nothing in your life has to change so you can do whatever you want whenever you want, and, it's just, and just say, ah, it's, it's covered. I'm, I'm covered, I'm saved, I know Jesus. That's not right either, that's license, that will send you to hell. Both of those two things. We are called as Christians to love. That is the Christian life, is living love for other people, serving other people in love. The course, if there was a course, it's gospel freedom, and the course is love. Paul says, in verse 15, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed. That's exactly what was going on here. This group of Christians, this group of people, they had people telling them that to get right with God, you have to do things. And then they had people saying, hey, just live however you want. It doesn't matter. So you can have legalism or license, and none of it matters. And Paul says it does matter because when you live that way, you will be biting and devouring yourself. And that's what they were doing. There's a huge battle going on in this church. People were arguing and complaining. There were, there was, if we were in Galatia at this time, there would be people at somebody's house talking about the other people who were legalists. And there would be people at the, uh, somebody else's house talking about how they have license. And people were getting together and, and just arguing and biting and devouring themselves. If you ever went running, one of the things you want to watch out for when you're running is Dogs the enemy of the runner and you as you go running the last thing you want is a bunch of dogs chasing you that want to devour you that's a good sign that you're not on the right course because those dogs will come at you and you will want to jump off course very quickly and paul says the course of the gospel is not license and it's not legalism it is living in love. It is letting your life being unfolded in love for other people. Because if that's not what's true, then you're just going to be being like chased like a bunch of wild dogs who are going to be trying to bite and devour you. And that is not the gospel. That is not Christianity. And many of us have seen that and tried to see that expressed that that's Christianity. That's not Christianity. Some of us are guilty of that. And we need to repent of that and get back on the right road of what is Christianity, what is the gospel, how do we follow it? We've got to be on the right course. Paul says if you want to finish strong in the Christian life, that you only have to be on the right course, but you also have to know your source of power. So if you don't know the source of power as a runner, you're not going to be able to finish. Because if your source of power is a bunch of Twinkies and a bunch of Coke before the race, if you think that's your source of power, you're doomed. So you've got to know what is our source of power to finish this. And Paul says, but I say this in verse 16, but I say walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Our source of power to live the Christian life, your source of power, to be free, to live the life that you are, want to live, the life that you were unable to live before Christ, the life that now you can live and have the ought and the desire to live it that way is because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Freedom is ultimately not attainable by human potentiality. It is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
We will be biting and devouring people. We will either be in legalism or license left to ourselves. But the grace of God sent his son for us, and then he said, I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna give you the power that you need to run and live this Christian life so that the unfolding of love can happen, so it can be a part of your life. So we need to claim the promised Holy Spirit and claim his promise. John 15 says that Jesus says, when I leave, it's better for you that I leave. Because if I stay on earth, that's not as good for you. But when I leave, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and that's what you need. He will lead you into all truth. He will lead you into all freedom. If your gospel is very tied up in legalism, or if you're sitting here thinking that, I, I, I got Jesus and I can just do whatever I want. My life is mine. To live it how I want to live it. Your gospel is tied up. And you're not free. You are bound still in sin. And you either need to see the freedom of the gospel or you need to repent and get back on the right course because a true believer will do this. He'll have a desire to walk by the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. That is a promise to us. It is a promise. If you walk by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will help you not fulfill the desires of the flesh. It's the promise that we have in God. There is no other way. If you want to live the Christian life, you have to walk by the Spirit. It is God in you living through you. He says if you don't want to do that, then know this. There is a war going on for your soul. Verse 17 and 18 says this, For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other. And the flesh is not just our, our, it's not just our body, it's, our, it's, our, it's the sin, indwelling sin in us that will not completely be gone until we get to heaven. But it's also a picture of what is old. The flesh is like it's, it's the old way, it's the law. It's old. It's the desires just to live and make ourselves right with God through the law. That's old. That's, that's the Adam way. It's the flesh's way. Don't live that way. And those two are constantly at war with each other. You are in a constant battle every day. But if you walk by the Spirit, the promise, God says, is that you will not let, the flesh will not win. The, pro, the question is this, what war or what promise do you want? You're going to choose which promise you want. The promise is this. If you walk by the Spirit, you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. You'll live free in the gospel. It's a promise. There's also another promise that says if you live in legalism or if you live in license and just sin, you think it's okay, there's a promise that says with that there is destruction. The war is for you to decide which promise you want. The Holy Spirit says... You can have this promise of life and freedom. But here's what those things look like. It's a test to really know if you're on the right course and also to know if you really are trusting in the right source of your power to make it through this race of the Christian life, which is difficult and which is hard. It's difficult and it's hard. There is a marathon, 26 miles. I enjoy them and they're long. But there's other races nowadays that they call the Tough Mudder. And these are races where people have to actually sign waivers that say, if I die in this race, I won't hold them responsible. Because the race has all kinds of obstacles. I mean, it's filled with mud. It's got all kinds of obstacles. Uh, there's like these electric wires you have to run through, and you can get zapped. You have to climb over um, 
climb over huge uh, obstacles, crawl under things, barbed wire everywhere. And that's the Christian life. That is life. Life is a race filled with all kinds of obstacles. And it's not easy, and it's not difficult. And left to ourselves, we are dead. Because we can't do what we ought to do. But the promise is, the Holy Spirit says, follow me, walk, like I say to walk, and you will have life and freedom. Here's how you know if you're trusting in the source of your power. Here's what the, he says this. Here's this list of sins. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Test yourself. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. If your life is filled with immorality, sexuality, and that's the consuming factor of your life, you're not trusting in the right source of power. Then he gives another list. Idolatry, sorcery, those are serpent things. Those are satanic. If your life is consumed with what, what your horoscope is, and that's what you're trusting in, it's a good sign you're not trusting in the Spirit. And then he gives a much longer list, which are social things. Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. Think about this week, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. And things like these, those are all things that are from the flesh. That means you're not trusting in the right source of power. You're not on the right racetrack. If that characterizes your life, not that we're going to be perfect in all these things. Christians can sin, and Christians can sin big. But that's not going to be the thing that characterizes their life. But if sexual immorality characterizes your life and you're so addicted to pornography that you want to shake it and you can't shake it and you've never been able to shake it, it's a good sign for you that you might not have the Spirit in you. If anger is so much a part of your life and it's not a war in you to say, I want to not be angry, and you're not fighting it, it's a good sign the Spirit's not in you. If envy, if strife is what characterizes your life and there is no internal struggle, not because of embarrassment, but just because you hate that thing, you hate it in your life, it's a good sign to you that you might not have the Spirit in you. Because Paul says this, this is what a Christian would look like. Here's the fruit of the Spirit. Not fruits of the Spirit. This is the fruit of the Spirit. Somebody who has the Spirit in them, these things will be in your life. Not perfectly, but they will. All of them will be in your life. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Are those things in your life? Not perfectly, but they're there. Not just one, but they're there. You, can, you know that. You can see that. You can see those things developed. It's a good sign to you that you are trusting in the right source of power. These will be true of a Christian. It just will be. It amazes me how many people say they love Jesus, and then they're just so content with the first list of things. There's no internal struggle. And then they say, well, I prayed the prayer. I'm a Christian. It doesn't matter. It's all under grace. There's a lot of things under grace, but not intentional, consistent sin that does not get fought against is not under grace. That's just who you are. 
We are not going to be perfect in all these things now, but there should be this internal struggle. And some of these things are hard to rid in our life, but the fight will be there. It will be a struggle, but you're going to be fighting against these things, pleading for God to remove them. But you're not going to be content with a life that says, I'll I'll come back to Jesus in five years. Right now, I'm just going to live how I want to live. That's not a Christian life, because here's why that's not. Paul gives this warning after these two lists. He says, you have to know the source of your power. The source of a Christian's power is the Holy Spirit. You need to choose which war promise you're going to accept. The life that comes from the Spirit or the life of death that comes with the flesh. But there is promised power that says those who have the Holy Spirit will persist in the race. You will get to the finish if you have the Spirit in you. But if you don't, he says, I warned you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. How should we take that? I don't believe the Bible teaches a person can lose there's salvation. There's no way in Galatians that that's what it says. But that's a real warning. That is a legitimate warning. But he also said he was writing in verse 13, for you were called to brothers, to freedom brothers. He's writing to Christians. But in his writing to Christians, he gives them this real serious warning that if you're not fighting your sin, that if you are continuing in these things that I just listed, and that characterizes your life, This is a real serious warning to you that you will not inherit the kingdom of God. You're not going to end well in this race. You are off track. So we need to take this serious. When I run marathons, when I'm in a race, or if you've ever run a race, there are always these flags everywhere that says stay on the course. If you start to go off the course, that's what the flag's there for. So it's a warning to you. Don't get off the course. That's what Paul's saying here. This is what is The life of a Christian, he has the spirit in him, and you will succeed. You will finish. That's your source of power. But if your life is characterized by these other things, look at this very serious warning. Then you need to do some serious soul searching and evaluate your life. Because you can believe all you want that you like Jesus. But if this is not true, this is not the evidence of your life, then you're not right with God. It's a warning for us to stay on the course. It's a warning for Christians to stay in our source of power, which is the Holy Spirit. The law cannot do this. And Paul says this. This is why this is important. Because gentleness, self-control, against such things, there is no law. This is a promise of the fact that we will persist in God's grace. The law was temporary. It could not save you. License to sin will lead you to death. But if you're living and walking in the Holy Spirit, there's no law. No one's going to stop you from loving more. No one's going to say, no, that's just too much love. That's too much peace. That's too much joy. That's too much kindness. It's not going to be able to be controlled because the life of a Christian is unfolding love. Just unfolding love. Your life, you should just see that, you know what? From five years ago, I'm a much more loving person. I'm a much more lover of God, and I'm a much more lover of other people. This is just the life of a Christian. That's the picture of a Christian. And it really is shocking to me 
how many times we want to lower that because we really, I, I really like that person. So I remember they prayed, you know, and so they got to be a Christian because I just really like them. But their life is characterized by nothing of the fruit of the Spirit. Or your life is not characterized by anything in the fruit of the Spirit. And you're like, I'm good. Me and God are tight. Paul says, really? If you don't have the fruit of the Spirit in your life, it's a very serious warning that you are not a child of God. But that's not what God wants. God wants us to be free. That's why Paul's writing this. He's saying, but if you know the gospel, if you follow Jesus, you will be free. Know the source of your power. This is good news. This is good news if you will see your sin and repent of it. It's the greatest news in the world for you. If you say, that's not me, then the greatest news in the world is that you're hearing this right now, and you say, yes, I want the fruit of the Spirit in my life. I want Jesus. I need to be forgiven. I want to finish the race of life well. So Paul says this then. If you're going to finish well, you have to know the course, you have to know the source of the power, and you have to know the finish. Because it's all about the finish. That's what we want. Christian life is moving forward. We don't want to hear about some historical facts that happened 2,000 years ago. That's great. But what I want to know is on Tuesday, will Jesus be there for me? Will I have victory over sin on Tuesday? Will I be able to have grace on Wednesday? That's what I want to know. That's what we want to know. That's the Christian life. It's about moving forward to the end. So we have to know the finish, and our finish is this. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. The finish is Jesus. That's our finish. He is what we're going after. He is the finish. He's everything. As you finish the Christian life, the the truth is, the goal of a Christian is not, listen to this, the goal of a Christian is not to avoid sin. The goal of a Christian is not to be moral. The goal of a Christian is to love Jesus. And if you love Jesus, you will avoid sin. If you love Jesus, you will develop the fruits of the Spirit in your life. You'll want to walk with the Spirit. If you're just trying to avoid sin, that can be very much about you. That can make you a legalist. Because it's about, when I read my Bible today, I showed up at church, so I think I'm good. That's not the life of a Christian. The goal of a Christian is Jesus. Having a relationship with him, growing in your love for Jesus. If you're growing in your love for Jesus, sin's going to be less and less of an issue for you. Because you're going to be like, I just want to be with Jesus. And Jesus doesn't like sin, so I'm going to hang out over here and avoid sin. I'm going to cut sin out of my life. If you're not cutting sin out of your life, it's a very good sign you don't love Jesus because Jesus hates sin. So don't tell me you love Jesus. And Paul, don't act like you love Jesus when you're loving sin. So repent and love Jesus more. That's our finish. So we got to stay focused to the finish because the Bible says those who belong to Jesus will persevere to the end. So step in perseverance. As you're running a race, if you ever do, be it long and hard, And the thing that will keep you motivated is the finish line, that I'm going to get there. It's almost over. And because of Jesus, that he took our sin on the cross, that he died for us, that he conquered death, gives us this gospel freedom, we can take every step of our difficult life in joy and perseverance and walk closer to him. Stay in step in perseverance. But the other great thing about Jesus is for all these things that we struggle with, 
He's the ultimate pace setter. It's a little secret they don't always tell you at the beginning of a race. If you run a marathon, there's these people who are great runners at marathons, and you can sign up for the time that you want to finish. And then all you have to do is hang out with the pace setter. If you hang out with the pace setter, he will get you to the end of the race at the right time exactly like you wanted to. Jesus is our pace setter. He not only is the finisher of our faith, he's the author of our faith. And as we love Jesus, he's going to get you through. He's going to develop in you the fruits of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to say, love Jesus more, and you're going to want to love Jesus. You will have victory and joy, and the gospel will be free in your life. Two questions to ask yourself is this. How can I please and honor God in this situation? He said, my goal is not just to avoid sin. My goal is to love Jesus. So as you're going through your day, ask yourself, how can I please and honor God in this situation? How can I bring praise to Jesus in showing he saved me and is changing me? Keep your eyes on the finish. The finish is Jesus. And it's better to ask yourselves these questions in the front than have to deal with the accusations in the back. It's better to ask yourself, is this going to glorify and honor God? Is this going to make me love Jesus more and not sin? Than it is to deal with the accusations of Satan after the fact, when he comes to you and he accuses you, or you've messed up so much that you're humiliated and it's known. It's better to ask yourself these questions, now I want to keep my eyes on the finish So Jesus, I love you. How can I please and honor you in this situation? Jesus, I love you. How can I bring praise to you and show that you are changing me, that the Spirit's working in me? It's better to ask these questions at the front than it is to deal with the accusations of sin in the back. Because Jesus says this, though. In Hebrews 12, 2, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The course to freedom is the gospel, what Jesus did for us that we could not do on our own. The power is the Holy Spirit, who we get because of Jesus' death and resurrection. And the goal is Jesus, loving him, loving him, living for him. As you love and live for Jesus, you're not going to want to sin. You're gonna, you're gonna, I don't want that anymore. It's just going to drop away. You're going to keep your eyes focused on Jesus, and you will finish the race. You will win the race. Your, live, your Christian life will be free. There will be joy. There will be peace. And you will love Jesus. Stay in the course. And as you do that, you will find yourself more free to live by faith and to live in risk. You'll say, I, I just, I'm trusting the pace setter. I'm going to trust Jesus. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to love people. I'm going to let that pour out of my life. I'm just going to love because that's the life of a Christian. I'm going to risk it. And it may be difficult, but because of Jesus, I know he's going to get me through. He's my pace setter. He's my finisher. He's my author of my faith. I just love you, Jesus. Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Is there a war going on in your life that you are fighting sin and trying to live in the Spirit? If you love Jesus, there's unbelievable hope for us. There's unbelievable grace for us this week. There's unbelievable future for us. But if you keep going back to your sin and you don't crucify it, you'll go back and you pick it up again and you kind of deal with it, there's great pain. 
There's great frustration for you. So love, love, love Jesus. Walk in love and walk in the Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this is a very difficult passage to preach. Because we see our sin. We don't live in the Spirit perfectly. We struggle. We fail. God, I pray if we are in the Spirit, if we know you, God, I pray that you just give us grace and peace and hope. Help our eyes to stay focused on Jesus and not the accusations of Satan. God, if we're trusting in legalism or living in license, God, I pray that you would, Holy Spirit, bring conviction and bring repentance so we can live and finish the race that you called us to finish. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just blow our church apart in love for you. That we would put away anything that would be of the flesh. And that we would be a church filled with the Spirit. Walking in love and wanting to love you more. That the heartbeat of our church would be Jesus Christ and a love for Jesus Christ that is unstoppable. That we will risk much for your glory. Well, give us your strength. And give us your grace and your peace. And thank you for the hope we have in the cross. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Sunset sky, but my one request, Lord, my own.